freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to another episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. We're doing a series called American, and we have Diana Muller here. We do have Miss Diana Muller here, mocking me shamelessly, as I say, Gun Freedom Radio. <laughs> you you lip sync beautifully. <laughs> um, so we are talking about American. Why? Because that can-do spirit really is part of our American DNA. So much about our lives right now has been turned completely upside down with this COVID-19 situation, and we've been hearing a lot about what we can't do and where we can't go, but our guests during this series are going to talk to us about their area of expertise and all the ways that we still can learn and grow, train and connect, and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't thought about before. So Diana is a retired police officer. She served 22 years with the Tulsa Police Department. She is part of Team Benelli 3-Gun, and she is the founder of something I'm very proud to be a part of, the DC Project. Welcome to the show, Diana. Thank you, and we're proud to have you on board the DC Project. Thank you so much. Well, tell us a little bit about the DC Project. We have uh, a whole new kind of slogan. I mean, our mission's the same, but our slogan maybe is a little bit different. Well, traditionally, if your audience was familiar with the DC Project, uh, or for those that haven't ever heard of it before, uh, traditionally, we have gone to Washington, DC, one woman from every state, going to meet our legislators as gun owners and Second Amendment supporters. But starting this year, um, towards the end of last year, uh, you may have seen me testify in front of uh, the Judiciary Committee on Congress. And um, it was during that time that we actually purchased these shirts that I'm wearing. And we decided that, you know what, there's going to be red shirts from Moms Demand Action there. Nice. And we need a counter visual and a counter voice to those moms demand. So that's what we're doing is uh, you'll notice that we're trying to push the teal, teal for 2A, hashtag teal, T-E-A-L-F-O-R, the number two and A. So uh, even if it's not this shirt, this shirt you can get at dcproject.info forward slash shop if, you're, if you like that educate over legislate thing. Um, but it was during that time that we realized that we need to really expand our efforts to the state and local level. Uh, so we asked those, those girls, those one girls from each state, to go back to their respective states and lead a project similar to their state capital. Encourage their, you know, 
to foster a group of women that were like-minded uh, to go to the state capitol and then in encourage them to not only go to the state capitol once a year, but uh, to be present where there's going to be um, the red shirts. And whether that be anything from a festival, uh, you know, a county fair or something like that, all the way up to visiting with their legislators. So we're really trying to reach um, not only our legislators, but our community as well in a nonpartisan educational way. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the other side of this argument, the moms who demand whatever this unnamed action is, the Bloomberg people, the every town for gun safety, they have tried to really um, hijack, I think, uh, this entire message about who gun owners are and what we stand for. And they've also tried to hijack the color red. And you know what? I like to wear red. And so it doesn't just belong to them. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and Friday so are, are remembering everyone deployed. So that's a red day too. So yes, there's, they're definitely that, you know, uh, the founder of Mom's Demand was in marketing. So it's not like she's unfamiliar with how powerful uh, humans uh, can be on other humans and influencing. So uh, and with the 36 to $60 million budget that they get from Bloomberg, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it makes sense that they're being effective, but I think that that's all more the reason that we need to uh, continue to engage, you know, conservatives and uh, gun owners tend to be a little bit more conservative. We are kind of are becoming our own worst enemy or have been our own worst enemy. I think we're kind of waking up now that it's important for us to, uh, to participate in politics and uh, know our politicians and have a voice. You know, just sitting back and letting other people run the train has uh, basically taken us off track. Well, Diana, we're seeing a lot, uh, this last month, we're seeing a lot of increase in people buying guns that have never bought a gun before. So they're going to get, Bloomberg's going to need to get some more money out because <laughs> there's people that are changing their minds about this. They want to protect themselves and they want to own a firearm when three months ago they didn't. Well, and, and, and I'm sorry that it took a pandemic, a crisis, a world crisis for people to understand, uh, A, that they are their own first responder, that the police have no duty to protect them. And uh, it has taken this crisis for people to kind of awaken from their slumber and say, hmm, uh, maybe, maybe now I understand why my neighbor said that the Second Amendment isn't about hunting. Uh, it's, it's definitely been a wake-up call for a lot of people, but there's also a lot of people that uh, still have drank the Kool-Aid for so long that there's nothing that can get through their minds, that, um, that they're worth protecting, and that there is a way to protect themselves. Uh, so we've still got a lot of work to do, and that sure. for the newcomers, those newcomers that are coming into our space, uh, I hope that they find a, a welcoming voice. I think I've seen a lot of it. Uh, if you are in our space and you see somebody, try not to say, I told you so, or <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's really difficult to, to counter that because, you know, I, I do believe that we are in the right. So it's difficult for us to have been hammered for so long and then not want to come back with, uh, -uh I'm not going to help you because you have been such a pain in my butt for so long. So try not to be that person. Try to be uh, the bigger person and, and invite them to our community and let them realize that they've been misled and they've been intentionally misled about what gun owners and gun ownership is like. Well, Diana, we, we've seen that in the, the people that come to our store, 
you can't make fun of them or you can't tell them that you told you so when you see it in their eyes the the concern and and fear that they have they you could you could not possibly make fun of that or it's something you want to help them you really want to get them on the right track teach them about training where to get training from stuff like that so it it is a blessing and i don't know of any gun owners that said oh my gosh we have a pandemic now i got to get rid of my guns no. so it's it for i mean you have to look at there's some some good to the bad and i'm trying to bring some light that there at least some people are waking up to the fact that with this new new yeah uh, and you know what gun, gun ownership is what up 300 500 percent whatever it is it's through the roof uh they set records in march and there hasn't been any mass shootings so right. um well, more evidence that uh what they have been told is wrong that's exactly true and and to have a heart as you're saying diana for people who have come into the space and realize that they need to be their own immediate responder so not only did they have to, you know, they're living the same level of anxiety as the rest of us, but they're making a huge life change and deciding I need to, to bring a firearm into my world. And right. then they have to go into this space, a gun store, right? Mm -hmm. That can be intimidating for anybody at any time, depending on if you have a, a very helpful service oriented uh, gun store in your town. But you know, not all of them are that welcoming. And so, uh, or you, you don't know if they are or not. And so I really give a lot of respect uh, to people that have, have overcome that fear. And then they actually walk in a gun store and then they give us a chance to show them who we really are as gun owners and, and as gun store owners. Dan and I, of course, have AZ firearms. Uh, and it's, it's, to me, it's a, it's an honor to have had an opportunity to serve uh, people in that situation. It is, and I would uh, commend them highly, and I would also encourage them to uh, readjust their um, opinion of who they're voting for based on those rights. And if you're, you know, if you have seen the light, if you have awoken from your slumber, uh, make sure that you don't continue to vote for people who are viciously attacking that right. Uh, and then, and then, if you are of a left-leaning persuasion, or you have politicians that are, um, you know, anti-gun, super anti-gun, we need your voices. You know, we need those um, left-leaning voices to say, "Hey, this is not a this is a constitutional issue. This is not a partisan issue." So true. And in our ranks uh, as the DC Project, we have people who are politically left-leaning, but yet very passionate about their Bill of Rights, very passionate about their constitutional protections to keep and bear arms. And so we, you know, we, we already have people that are similar to a lot of the listeners right now that are thinking, how, I don't know, how do I even navigate that? It's Go become ahead. so partisan that it, it, you know, it's easy for um, uh, average Joe to look at uh, gun ownership as a Republican issue. It's easy for an average on the same on the other side. We fall we fall into the trap as well as to thinking that oh, if you're a gun owner, you must be uh, an R, you must be an I, 
uh, or an L, but uh, surely you're not a D, but that's, that's, that's couldn't be farther from the truth. There are a lot of constitutionally sound Democrats out there uh, that understand what the Second Amendment is all about. So we need their voices as well. We really actually need their voices more than, than they need uh, those conservative voices. So if that's something that, you know, we're talking about what people can do while they're all cooped up in quarantine life, um, that's something that every citizen, every audience member hearing this right now, they can call, uh, they can write, um, their legislators. If they don't know who their legislators are, I challenge you to figure that out. Uh, you have federal senators, you have federal, one federal representative, but you also have a completely different state legislature. So you will have to go to your individual state to figure out who your representative is there and who your senator is there. You'll have one of each in the state. So um, if you don't know how to do that, uh, I mean, you could Google it, but you could also go to dcproject.info forward slash join. And in that, you can join the DC Project, or you can also, there's a whole slew of anywhere from the White House all the way down to uh, your local city council of links of how to contact and find out who those people are. I think you just, for the most part, I don't think I've done them all, but for the most part, you enter your zip code and they'll give you uh, your address and your zip code sometimes, and they'll give you who your, who your people are and how to contact them. It's really easy. And in, during this time of quarantine, what better time to uh, start researching that and get engaged, get plugged in, and um, just have a voice. It's, this is a great time to do it. Diane, I, I've tagged along with Cheryl to do her luggage to the D.C. project <laughs> a couple of times, and, I, and I'm amazed how easy it is to talk to legislators. Mm -hmm. it's it is. It really, it's, uh, you know, that's the one thing that when people come into the D.C. project and they've never been on a trip with us or not, I'm just like, you know, they have a million questions. And I'm just like, just get on the train. We're going to take care of you. It's not that difficult. This is not brain surgery. All we need for you to remember is who you are and what guns mean to you and how you use them. So mm -hmm. that, is, that is the bottom line of how the DC project works is about that relationship and making sure that they, that they are heard and that they, that their legislators know that um, these gun owners aren't some monsters that don't care that gun owners do care. Well, speaking of that, that idea out there, the way that we have been painted as gun owners, as advocates for the second amendment, as, as Dan and I, as gun store owners, oh, for the love of Pete, you know, oh. sometimes, right? We're like the purveyors of death one week. And then we're the heroes who are helping people, well, you know, have life-saving tools at their disposal the next. So just depends on which way the, the media is, is uh, spinning it. But you've talked a lot about corporate activism. Uh, talk to us about that. What does that mean? And what is your take on it? Well, I think that this is the biggest issue that, that um, the, the gun rights uh, community and our manufacturer, our firearms manufacturers face. This is the biggest threat. This is the silent but deadly one. Um, and I didn't know anything about it until I went and participated in what's called the deal book at the New York Times last fall. And they had, uh, they had invited me and Chris Chang to be on a small breakout session of corporate uh, owners or CEOs, people like Levi's, uh, Royal Caribbean, uh, Citibank, 
uh, we were in the belly of the beast with these people. Um, the question on the table was, you know, is corporate activism and gun control the way we want to go? And it was our position that why would you want to dive into this pond of either divide, you know, probably half of your employees, not only half of your customers would disagree with that. And, um, but that's how scary it is that these people do not care about losing money. They feel like they're in the right. They feel like uh, the Levi's, uh, the gal from Levi's said that, you know, she feels like it's uh, how LGBTQ was considered 20 years ago and that they were on the forefront of it and that they wanted to be on the forefront of disarming America uh, and making America safe. Uh, and that they didn't care what it costs. So um, what happens, let me explain what happens. What happens is people buy into these companies, publicly traded companies, and they have boards. Uh, so they have enough, there's a certain threshold, but if you have enough shares, uh, stockholder shares, you can bring resolutions to the board. And when you bring a resolution, it can be as simple as, you know, I see that you have an existing relationship with the NRA. Um, if you don't break those ties with the NRA, we're going to unleash a PR campaign that's going to be a nightmare for you. So these companies are sitting there going, okay, all I have to do is sever my relationship with um, the NRA and it's, it avoids a huge PR nightmare. Uh, it can also be as, it's just, and I've actually seen a couple of articles recently, um, one's in Guns and Ammo and one in First Freedom uh, that address this. So I'm glad people are starting to talk about it because I really do believe that this is, um, this is going to be what uh, the next wave of attacks is going to be in the back door, so to speak, is going to be what they want to do is to choke our industry uh, out of existence. So if a bank, if they can convince a bank to not do, um, not do business with manufacturers or people who are trying to purchase their, uh, their products, then essentially they've rendered us, they've usurped our constitution, they've usurped our legislative process, and they've accomplished what they want. So this is the bigger, this is the bigger issue in my, my opinion, as opposed to just that forward-facing attack from the anti-gun uh, industry towards, towards our community. So as you were saying, there's probably half of the people that work for these companies and half of the people who buy these products who don't agree with this corporate activism thing. And I wonder how they're going to pivot from this moment that we're experiencing where so many people have, um, you know, run to their local gun stores and now have a gun, realize why the rest of us have been saying we want and need guns. It just seems like a very tone deaf way of treating their uh, customers. Absolutely. And, and not just the corporate people, but there's during this time of COVID-19, there have been two bills that have been introduced from what I understand. One in the House, one in the Senate. Horrible. The one in the, say it again. Horrible. Horribly, Horrible. Uh, you know, uh, the, the attacks on the Second Amendment never stop. And it's just so, 
exhausting. Uh, you know, just stop attacking me. It's just, you know, we continue to tell you through ballots and through voting that we don't want this and you continue to shove it down our throats. Just stop for a little while. Just give us a break. Well, and you would think that the, the awkward position that it's going to put voters in if they really are thinking it through that, you know, they might have normally said, yeah, let's vote for the guy who said, I will come and take your AR-15 and your AK-47. Uh, and, and Joe Biden, who seems to be the front runner right now. He's has, not, don't even talk about Joe Biden again. He is not going to be their candidate. Uh, my prediction is that uh, Cuomo, although he said he's not interested and hasn't thought about it, he's been getting, uh, he's been getting on TV every day. Uh, and, and he actually is coherent. So he's, he's, God love him. yeah, he's uh, head and shoulders above uh, any, you know, Biden or, or Bernie. Nobody, nobody wants a social, well, I would say nobody, the majority of Americans still don't want to be socialists. So um, I hope that they're enjoying their 60 day free trial of COVID socialism, but um, I'm hoping that that wakes people up too, because it just seems like uh, we're all kind of folding a lot easier than I expected it to. So, Well, it's true. And, and Cuomo is not any friend to your second amendment. No, he won't take help from Remington. Did you read that? He, no, uh, Remington, who Remington, who is in New York, offered to use their facilities and make whatever they needed, and he has he has refused to answer them, and he has since taken uh, assistance from China. So uh, that's where his he's aligned himself with the enemy, as far as I'm concerned. Isn't that interesting? And the reason Dan said he won't take help is because I was I was actually. Uh, looking forward to and tuning in every day to his news conferences because he was very clear he was very bullet pointed uh seemed genuine yes seemed genuine kept saying you know the buck stops with me with a lot of things that are going to be you know uh frustrating to people as we're moving through this season and we have to adjust our behaviors and i was like that that's leadership i really respect that and then as soon as the money ideas started floating out there it seemed like it was just all about well, whatever he could do to get more and more and more money out of the government and at the same time it seemed like all right so here's here's where the mask lifts and he really is not about individual freedoms and not about our civil liberties um and and so i'm hoping that people are tapped into that and paying attention especially new gun owners who don't really necessarily understand that connection that we have to our our constitutional inheritance our constitutional legacy that our founding fathers the whole reason that they even had the ability and the right to put this document together uh that's what i want people to to try to spend some time uh, reconnecting with or connecting for the first time. Absolutely. So she said the first three days he had leadership, but then after that it was bullshit. Oh. <laughs> okay. There was there was a P on that. I heard it. <laughs> you know what? It's right. It's, it's, he started the first three days. I was kind of intrigued and listening to him and glued to the TV, but then it started becoming a little less and a little less, and the, I think the true colors are coming out now. 
if he denied Remington's help, yeah, fool, he's a fool. He's, if he's as desperate as he says he is, he should take help from anybody. Doesn't matter who they are. Well, except the Chinese. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, is it about saving American lives and American companies are trying to help? Um, let's think about that. Yeah. Well, as we start to, to wind down and wrap up a little bit, you did touch on the idea that, you know, the DC project that started as a, you know, a national, a, a federal um, idea where each woman from one woman from each state or at least one because my daughter goes with me she is my right arm everything uh, so it's two of us from arizona uh we would go to our nation's capital to in washington dc you now are having uh, a lot of the, the those state leaders actually create a state version of what we've been doing uh, at, at the federal level. So can you talk about that just for a, a second? Because I know we're early on in that program. Right. And uh, I myself am not as, as up to speed as I want to be to help serve uh, the women that are going to be, you know, saying, yes, I want to know more about this. Right, right. And, and just know that we are a true grassroots effort. And what that means is that we're all volunteers. So I really appreciate you uh, letting me twist your arm just a little bit because I know your plate is super full and you taking the state director position in Arizona uh, is, is amazing. I thank you for that. But uh, you know, yeah, we have uh, pretty much all 50 states covered and we have uh, state efforts going on. So I'll, I'll preface this with just give us a little bit of grace because we do not have a $36 million budget and we do not have people working on this 24 seven. So this is not a full-time job. This is uh, something that's just been placed on my heart. And then the, the, the women, the state director women that are doing this. And then there's a couple above that, that are just putting in a lot of time. I, I, I we've got such a great team and we have such great, um, women in our project I mean you know this but I'm telling you this for the the leader or the your audience is just uh, our uh, the women that are in our project I would I haven't known them all my life um, I really feel like God's hand is in our project and he has he has kind of weaved this together and used me as some glue absolutely that is a perfect way to put that and again it's one of those things that you know, who would have known when you started this? Was it four years ago right now? Five uh, years ago? The end of five, yeah. This is a very early five-year mark for us. Yeah, that it would be such an incredibly needed thing at a moment like this that none of us could have foreseen. Right. And so as we have all these new gun owners who are kind of like, okay, now what? So uh, on our show, we're trying to tap them into training. We're trying to tap them into, um, you know, welcoming them in. And, and through you tapping them into, you know, how do I even, me as a human being, how am I connected with the Second Amendment? What the heck is the Second Amendment? What does it mean? How, you know, what, where is it even written down? You know, all those kinds of things. So, um this is, and it's such my honor uh, to even be a part of the organization that you started. When it first started, I basically said, please, anything, 
what do I have to do? Can I just be a fly on the wall? What, you know, please let me be some part of it. Because so, you, you are not necessarily the shooter girl. You're, you no. know, you're, you are a constitutional uh, second amendment lover, businesswoman. Uh, yes. So when I first had the thought, I thought it was going to be all these shooters that had, you know, it'd be easy to vet so we could take people out to shoot and uh, so that they would know, but no, God had much bigger plans and, uh, definitely we do need we do need help we need we need numbers we need those we need these teal shirts at hearings we need them at festivals we need them in your local communities at your state uh, legislators and then on capitol hill as well so if you want to again if you want to get involved go to dcproject.info forward slash join um, you can sign up to volunteer there we'll get back to you and get you hooked up with your state um, but we, we also need fundraising. Uh, you know, everybody's always looking for uh, help in, in the financial area, and we're no different. We, uh, like I said, I would love to hire somebody full time. I would love to hire a marketing firm. I would love to really be able to push back against the red shirts and the moms demand action. But until we find our own Bloomberg, or if we find somebody that you know understands what we can do to um, counter this invasion um, of our entire being of what what makes us american um yeah. we're kind of doing what we can <laughs> absolutely and you're doing it beautifully and you're doing it with some amazing women oh, i have yep. met some of the most amazing strong uh type a women that you have brought together and somehow we all just shoulder to shoulder it you would think it's like the one big old yes like it's not by like one big old you know uh somebody trying to you know be the lead voice and we all just kind of serve out of our natural gifts and and that comes really from from the top and the, and the way that you treat all of us and and the way that you lead okay. so, so if somebody from Remington's kind of listening in on the show today maybe uh they well i can't help new york but i can help the dc project amen amen to that hey, you're doing such a great job uh, very proud to know you and uh, the things that you helped Cheryl with here. Thank you very much. Well, thank you guys. Uh, all right. Thank you again so much to Diana Muller, founder of the DC Project. Be sure to check that out. Thank you, Diana. Until next time, pray for our nation, pray for our leaders. All of them? All of them do. Even the ones you don't like? Especially the ones you don't like all right <laughs> yeah, i said a prayer for him have a great week be good to each other and god bless <laughs>